Hi, you're listening to Science Queries. A fortnightly podcast where we discuss anything and everything to do with STEM, often with an LGBT plus focus. I'm Khan. I'm Kiara. And I'm Sonia. Welcome to the very first episode of our 2021 season. As the title suggests, today we'll be delving into the world of gay-straight alliances, or more broadly, safe spaces for LGBT plus individuals. We'll be looking at the importance of establishing safe spaces and opening avenues through which people may share stories and experiences. Due to the pandemic we're currently in, many LGBT plus people have been forced to stay or move back into unsafe spaces, and social isolation exacerbates the mental health issues LGBT people are more susceptible to compared to the general population. But even without a pandemic, isolation is unfortunately a common experience amongst LGBT plus people, especially LGBT youth and seniors. For LGBT youth, social, emotional and cognitive isolation are common struggles. Social isolation is when they are not able to talk to anyone about their sexuality and not knowing any LGBT plus people, leading to a lack of social support and disconnection with the community. Emotional isolation is when they are emotionally separated from their social networks such as school friends or family due to needing to guard their sexual or gender orientation. And cognitive isolation is when they don't have access to information that is specific to LGBT plus individuals. LGBT youth tend to try and conform to the heteronormative expectations of society. The recognition that they are different to societal expectation enhances isolation. The consequences to these kinds of isolation are painful because isolation and loneliness in the LGBT plus community is directly linked to health issues, homelessness and suicide. So the creation of safe spaces is absolutely vital to breaking away from the trend of isolation within the community and connecting LGBT individuals to community as well yeah. and this can be done with gay straight alliances yeah. or gsas and if you don't know what they are well basically they're a group that's often organized by students in like high schools and that sort of thing and it's meant for providing a safe supportive environment a safe space for people that are part of the lgbt plus community including allies which is very important to yeah. include there was a survey conducted way back in 2010. I couldn't really find anything more recent, but that shows that one in every 10 Australian high school students have reported or reported to be same-sex attracted, which is like 10. That's a lot of gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a lot. And it makes sense, I guess in high school cuz like to have GSAs yeah. in high school because like in the teenage years is typically when people begin to explore more abstract ideas and like around 12 years 12 years old so year six that's when people um that's when kids their mental abilities have developed to be able to think more abstractly and think about i guess themselves and find yeah out i mean it's are. a key stage right for like brain development all that jazz right? yeah i mean like imagine not i mean we can't imagine not having support <laughs> at that age but like imagine having the support at that age like yeah. how different would you have grown up to be yeah. you know because like before 12 you're still figuring out how to use your brain and how to live properly yeah but like past that you begin to think of more like broader ideas like you think you're like more aware yeah. of the world around yeah, you definitely and how you fit into that world yeah also like when you probably more start to like think about other people oh, like, <laughs> like, yeah. right? primary school crushes yeah yeah it's kind of cute yeah but sadly lgbt plus people are more likely to be harassed and excluded by other students as you probably know and yeah. they can feel isolated if they're unaware of allies or other members of the community around them 
And this leads to a larger proportion of the LGBT plus community suffering from mental illness, as Khan mentioned before. Mm. And LGBT people are actually twice as likely to be diagnosed and treated for mental health disorders. Wow. Yeah. You know, we're also almost 13 times more than our cishet counterparts to be homeless. What? Yeah. <laughs> Especially, in, I think that came from a study in the UK. Yeah. Because right. of like, unsupported yeah, yeah, domestic right, right. Yeah. I was like, environments. Yeah, but then, yeah, that means... Yeah, it was 2 to 13%. It was quite a range, but, like, the higher end is still quite high, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's why GSAs are important, because with them, students can feel safe knowing that the members will not abuse them for being LGBT. And sexuality is a complicated thing, so it really does help to talk through it with yeah. other people. It makes it easier to navigate, I think. From my own experience, thankfully, I've always had friends that I can talk about sexuality with, but I know that it's a really lucky position to be in and mm. so many people don't feel comfortable having those conversations with the people that they currently know and feel like they need to hide that part of themselves which doesn't sound very healthy no but yeah what about you guys yeah i i guess for me when i was like <laughs> coming out <laughs> sorry <laughs> um yeah it was pretty important that i had the support of my friend. Well, they were the first people I told, right? Even when I yeah. didn't even, I, well, I didn't come out. I was like, huh, I'm abused. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty important that um, I had those types of people because they were like, it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't really matter. Like whatever. Just yeah. Yeah. go with the flow. Mm. Well, for me, I mean, I had like certain friends I would be able to talk about it with and other friends who you're kind of like unsure. Yeah. So you kind of just yeah, stay definitely. silent around them because you're like, hmm. Trying to test out the waters. Yeah. A little but bit of homophobia here. And yeah, it's like, it's like you can't tell if that's homophobia or if they're just or if they're just in a bad mood today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like asking your parents permission to do something. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Are they in a bad mood? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had some good friends, and most people who I was like actually like talking to about sexuality, they were mainly like online friends or like friends yeah. who weren't really in our school or like in my oh, okay. like immediate life yeah i had one or two in my immediate life but like mainly they were other friends i had made yeah because i remember with um me and my other two friends we were all just like confused together so that mm. helped us oh that's we were so just, cute like, talking to each other about yeah, it all yeah. The time. see like i felt like i knew no one in our school community or like in our community in general yeah because we live in kind of a it's more conservative yeah. kind of place and also the reactions people had to people that were already like kind of open yeah. were not that kind. They weren't the yeah. most positive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. from experience. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's hard. But I mean, you find people yeah. eventually. And as long as you have your gang, it's like you're fine. Yeah. You don't, like it doesn't really matter what other people think. Yeah, like I have a few like close people now. I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Melbourne grammar high school started their gsa in 2016 and i read an article about a member ben that joined in year nine and he ended up being not only the president of the gsa but also a house captain in his school and like when i read this quote it was so like oh because he said like okay so this is what he said the house captains are usually really sporty and i expected because i'm in the lgbtqi community i would have gotten no votes and he was proud to be part of his school because everyone still voted for him despite something that he couldn't change about himself. Aww, that's really that cute. was so like, but like it's sort of sad as well that he had to feel like that yeah. was something. Because it should was, be like dodge, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like it doesn't based on your like actual ability. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
And this shows how GSAs can really like help because at the beginning he was quite like shy about it because he didn't feel comfortable being out and all that yeah. stuff. To go from that to being like house captain and the president, that's mm. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on the flip side, a student from a different school, Gabriel, they had a GSA, but the school didn't allow them to make any bigger changes in the school. Like, for example, they wanted to do a program about homophobia in an attempt to address the homophobic culture there. But, and here's a quote, but they would say it would be too controversial or we don't want to compromise our neutrality. Doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) And Gabriel said a massive problem for gay people is that they don't really see themselves valued or reflected back in their school communities, which, Mm. yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And yeah. I guess I thought that this highlighted the importance of having good intentions behind GSAs. Like, do you guys think schools shouldn't just do them if they don't truly believe, like, don't let them do stuff like that? If if they don't do them, like, a school is not... That's already taking a stance, in my yeah. opinion. So having, like, like that's not... Um, okay, because when I was doing research for this, I found, like, some other teacher talking about how, like, even though she didn't necessarily agree with, um, like, LGBT stuff, she yeah. still represented it in the um school culture or whatever because she Mm. said that she felt like students needed to see themselves like belonging uh, in that type of way yeah because then you're already from young age reinforcing a kind of like divide i guess yeah which i don't yeah i think it's already taking a stance if you don't do anything right yeah Yeah, i feel like it's a bit weird to not do anything it's a bit like it's kind of wrong like just having a gsa i mean it's it would work for having students connect to each other but the school's idea of keeping their neutrality it perpetrates the belief that choosing to support the lgbt community is a political decision exactly yeah yeah. because it's normal to support people it's a humanitarian decision (laughs) i feel like in i don't even know if it's been recently it's just society as a whole sees a lot of humanitarian issues as political stances and so like just being who you are makes you political because like it's just you you know yeah i think we talked about this before like khan you said something like if you're in the lgbt plus community you are an activist yeah like you are political because they have made they have made your identity a political like statement i don't like the idea that something normal as being lgbt is attached to a political thing because it's a normal thing to I guess well because right now it's still like you're still fighting for our rights but that's how the world works these days so wait so do you think schools should have GSAs but like not let I don't know I don't know I think isn't it it's kind of like the the students right I think our school had a GSA but didn't they like cancel yeah they yeah I don't know what happened to it yeah um they were kind of solved in a way just kidding they were kind of scared of not being seen as neutral yeah, yeah. so yeah it happens yeah, happens like quite a lot <laughs> i reckon you do need a gsa yeah like like one side is the all or nothing yeah. side, right don't have a gsa which is terrible or like have a gsa and let people do what they want but i think like also just having a gsa i guess is a step yeah that's what i was gonna say like, yeah. i think it's the right move to make to yeah. eventually become yeah. able to do other things like you might not be now but like I don't know, you might be able to do things. But, yeah. like, even having a GSA is so valuable to some of the kids yeah. because yeah. then it's like, oh, like, I'm recognised, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, there's a space 
where I can actually belong, even though like some kids might not actually go to the. I was that kind of kid who wouldn't have gone. Yeah, but <laughs> so you I know was it's like, there, right? yeah, yeah, but you know it's there, so it's like you know there are other some sort of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like they should have one. Yeah, I think so. Too. I mean, it should be an option. Like university, right? They're so unflinching on um, yeah, homophobia. Yeah. Like, if you're homophobic, get out. Like, yeah. so I don't see why. I mean, it also depends on what kind of people you surround yourself with yeah. in uni. No, I mean like the literal unis, right? Like yeah. they don't yeah. tolerate um, yeah, yeah. And I guess with the inclusion of cis heterosexual allies in GSAs, it can also help a school's culture by fostering friendships between people that don't care if each other gay or straight or yeah. anything. And a big part of having GSAs is that um, students may have never met another LGBT yeah. plus person before. <laughs> yeah. And like not knowing that there are others out there causes mm. the feelings of isolation that we've mentioned. Yeah. So here's another story from Jack, a 17-year-old gay man. So this is what he said. Before high school, I remember my older sister telling me all about the GSA at our school and the PDHPE teacher who was a lesbian. And I was so excited because at that point in time, I had not yet met another gay person. Having a queer teacher made me feel much more secure in my school because I suddenly felt like I truly had someone who was like me and would be on my side through any issues I were to have. So mm. yeah, that just shows like the importance, I guess. And yeah. like just knowing that there are other people out there, not like having pride parade at yeah, your definitely. school yeah, like, definitely. Like, not that sort of thing but like you just knowing yeah know? just knowing is a comfort in itself because yeah. like you know if you get into any issues like someone kind of knows what you've what you're going through yeah what you've been through yeah. And yeah i remember when i first moved to australia and saw rainbow flags in people's windows and just being like wow because like i'd never really seen any explicit obvious displays of support for the lgbt plus community when i lived in singapore yeah. yeah yeah so do you guys have moments like that where you're like wow i'm so yeah <laughs> i mean like because like in australia like in the areas we live in especially in the areas i've lived in there hasn't it's a very harsh topic like no one really talks about it yeah but like when you go to like the other side of the city it's more open and there are obvious displays which is really nice yeah and like i relate to that story from jack because like we did have some teachers who like I could relate to and it was like quite nice yeah. to just know that some people were there yeah mm. and i think um kara mentioned in a hsc episode before yeah i think yeah stuff like uh, sonia was the first like gay person in Khan, like the first gay people <laughs> i met <laughs> so it's well, kind of honored <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so there really was not like a lot of like the no. only two gay people I met were here yeah. like, on this podcast. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the entire population of gay <laughs> Yeah, uh so I guess I didn't see I didn't like when you say that you saw Rainbow Flag all that chairs. That's interesting because I don't think I ever like saw stuff like that. I think cuz when I I don't know, was it around the time of the vote that I Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. then I would have seen That it. makes or, sense. Or like maybe because I don't know. Because, like, even though I saw... Maybe I only saw, like, a few, like, a couple. Yeah. But that was like, enough. That was, like, yeah. already a contrast from what yeah, I was used sense. to. Yeah, that makes sense. The first um, support, I remember... Well, yeah, I don't even support. But it was, like, um, when I asked... Um, me and my friend was talking about it in year 10. And she was, like, you know, I don't hate gay people. And I was, like, same. That was, like... <laughs> Like yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. elevated our friendship so much higher. So yeah, Aww, but that was like good. the only <laughs> interaction. Yeah. Wow, that was the interaction. Yeah, quite a quite a interaction. Yeah. Yeah. So even like the small gestures, 
mean a lot. We kind of talked about this earlier when you were talking about GSAs in schools, but how most schools don't do it because it's seen as taking a certain political agenda um, and they want to be seen as a neutral body. Mm. Uh, most organizations that I've seen talking about this try to like m- help people think of it more from the perspective of like the students' rights of like having like freedom yeah. <laughs> to like yeah. do what they want. And well, we kind of already talked about this, but I was just thinking about how I think it's more about human rights and creating a way for people to feel comfortable in their environments. Like, um, this kind of goes into the next thing about, about how, like, school is, like, an offset against all the beliefs you have in your home. Like, it introduces mm. you to beliefs and understandings outside of your own scope. Like, even yeah, if your parents yeah. are like don't like to exercise and stuff like that, um, schools can contrast those values, which I think is pretty helpful and why they should be including, like, the whole range of things, I guess, yeah. Do you guys think there was, like, things that your school environment introduced you to that wasn't necessarily, like, paid attention to in your home, I guess? I mean, I guess quite a lot because for immigrant parents, they like to hold on to whatever culture they can bring with them. So that means that in your house, like, you're very much immersed in the culture of whichever country you came from. So going to school was, like, a whole different experience to being at home because you learn about so many different things because like yeah. you have like a whole new would you say culture yeah, culture and like environment like western ideology I yeah guess. and like you kind of assimilate at school <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah like being exposed to different people in general like exposes you to different and new things that you wouldn't be exposed to just by your parents yeah and i think it's a really good thing i can't really think of a specific example mm-hmm. but i know a more general example is sex education and how some parents, <laughs> yeah, they just don't talk like about they just don't talk it. about Definitely. it in the household. So then, being at school, like some schools, I think is it in the curriculum? I wouldn't know, but like some schools actually teach it quite comprehensively. Yeah. Other schools don't. But like having access to that knowledge is something that the in-school environment would give you access to, and yeah. not your parents. And like having your friends, I guess, like learning from different people, being exposed to so many others, and yeah, like learning what how they feel, is something that really helps someone develop. I think because like the values at home, I can't think of anything specific for some reason, but at home versus like with my friends was so different. I kind of got this mentality that was like, my friends are the only people that matter. I don't like Mm. being at home. I don't like being with my family. Uh And that was something that happened to me. um, Like year seven. I I think that's the angsty teen phase. I don't know. Because it was just like, (laughs) I guess you've grown up with all these values and you're just like, I wanted to follow them. I wanted to do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like I think that's that just like thing. when you get into that teen phase where you're a bit rebellious and you're like trying to figure out your you're own trying identity. to break free from like your familial. Yeah, because yeah. I guess like you that realize is... that there's so much more yeah. beyond the gates of your home. So mm. yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything specific, but there were probably a lot of things that my family didn't embody if I chose to hang out with my friends all the time yeah right (laughs) yeah well i guess talking about that education um aspect of it is why i think gsa's are kind of important for having a place to i feel like even just learn about what the different like types of like stuff and everything is right like the story i have is about how um this girl like she knew she was different since the first grade right Mm. and then at home she had an uncle that was gay and she was like okay 
I kind of align a bit more with that, but not quite. And then when her class watched a documentary about transgender college students, she was like, oh, okay. And then um, finally, like, uh, started to understand more about, like, gender identity, right? And finally mm-hmm. had a way to describe how she was feeling. And I feel yeah. like that's why it's so important. I think you need to be exposed to the vocabulary that definitely yeah. allows you to express what you're feeling. Because, like, if you never knew gay people existed, you'd be like, so... Like, you wouldn't have a way to yeah. describe yeah. what you're it's, feeling. It's such a complex, like, feelings and set of emotions as well. Yeah. So it's not, like, something that's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sad, I'm happy. Like <laughs> I think it's a very common experience because I've heard quite a few stories of people who don't have the vocab to express yeah. how they feel. As and like also, a, like, the LGBT plus community, the vocab there is so complicated. I know that it can be intimidating to mm. talk to people about it because you don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, definitely. Right? And there's so many different labels that people have. So, yeah yeah like having a gsa i guess would be nice to talk about it and like dip your toe in it's yeah. yeah like, like you, you get to navigate that space yeah, yeah. like just like learning me here to learn stuff. yeah especially with allies as well there's a lot to learn like even if you're not LGBT. yeah definitely So outside of the school environment, more formal groups such as a GSA where you'd be able to share stories and experiences within a safe space aren't really easy to come across. This also applies to like LGBT plus elders and seniors yeah, because, well, they're not at school, so they wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. like a group like a GSA to go to. Yeah. Like after uni, what societies <laughs> are there? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like yeah. you don't have formal groups like that unless you unless go you out join them into outside. the community. For many people, there are communities online that act as a safe haven. Support, advice and information are all able to be found in these places. And in my opinion, most importantly, connection to other people from the community. Actual physical safe spaces are required as well because LGBT youth are more susceptible to homelessness. And this is where the stat I got last time came. So there are studies in the UK that show that LGBT plus youth are up to 13 times more likely to be homeless in comparison to their cishet counterparts. And in Australia, we do have shelters and like places that people can go to. Yeah. But I think just making it, I don't know, more common? More accessible, mm. yeah. I think. Yeah. Because it's so like disparate. Yeah. The Well, for me, I found much comfort in online safe spaces and communities because I personally was terrified of people from my life finding out about my sexual orientation and I also didn't know anyone so it kind of compounded that fear you know so this is why I personally feel that both physical and online safe spaces are so crucial and so yeah so what are your experiences with any kind of LGBT plus safe space did you ever go to GSAs or did you prefer to be in the online space well I've never um been to a place that has a gsa like none of my schools would have had it or Mm, had it yeah but um i guess with uni with like the limited (laughs) experience i have um like it really surprised me how supportive they are of the lgbt plus community like just going to uni and then just being like rainbows everywhere like going to open day seeing all the booths there's just so much support which is awesome but in terms of online I wasn't someone that interacted, but I think I did read quite a bit. Like, I was always watching videos about the LGBT plus community. Mm. Like, I think um, one of the series series that I remember is the ABCs of LGBT by Ash Harder. So that was something that I read. I read, I mean, I watched, like, all that sorts of content on YouTube. 
but I didn't really participate in it. I just consumed the content. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess you would call those safe spaces. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, their channels are safe spaces. Yeah. And, and like, people. if I wanted to say something, I could have. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think I went to one at the beginning of uni but i'm kind of awkward so i was like yeah i don't yeah i'm not the type of physical like real yeah, right. life i just Neither. don't vibe with that mm. um i were online spaces i guess for me like online would be more like movies <laughs> tv shows and stuff i think that was pretty like seeing people's stories i guess and how they were how they were like go through the, all the angst with their family and then they're accepted and all that stuff. That w- would have been the most representation I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I relate with that because like I'm not big into the physical spaces because I mean at uni, like if you go alone, it's a bit. I think it's just like the fact that the whole fact yikes. that you're there is like the whole reason you're there is because you're LGBT kind of yeah. freaks me out. Like that's the sole reason yeah, I'm here. I, I, um, like you, cause if you go to like drama society, like the events they put on and stuff quite a lot of the people in those societies are part of the LGBT community and like yeah. I feel like that environment is more conducive to making friends yeah yeah so it's yeah. easier to make friends coincidentally yeah, right, yeah I agree. than just like being at a space or at least for me because yeah. I joined the choir at um, at uni and like even though it's not like LGBT choir like it's not like advertised as that sort of thing like there were so many people from the LGBT plus community there yeah. and like it was just so normal. I don't know. Yeah, it was like, I, it, I felt kind of weird because I've never experienced it being so normal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like how it should be. And like, even at the beginning, we had like a circle where everyone introduced themselves and introduced their pronouns. Oh, and yeah. Like, wow, that's, yeah. That's mm. awesome. But yeah. I, yeah. I feel like we're just so used to being alone and like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, just like seeing more people is just like, wow. Remember when last year we went to that 500 queer scientists? Yeah night and i was like queer scientists in stem like i'd barely met a queer person outside of the school environment like feeling that was, represented right I there know, <laughs> yeah. like representation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah like having spaces like that is really crucial it's yeah. really nice and like having going to that event and they were just talking so openly about it they were mm. so like sharing like such a deep part of themselves and just yeah. talking straight off about it that was pretty cool to listen to So I guess in the sense of having like safe spaces to share all your struggles related to sexuality is pretty important. Uh, the story I was reading from the GSA in um, Hamilton Middle School. <laughs> so they meet like once a week, right, to talk about um, their LGBT concerns. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, one of them talking about like how their parents think they're too young to know their sexuality. So I was just wondering if you guys had like any, I don't know, any things you would have wanted to like share or just like ask about if um you were in like this type of setting for me i guess like i've heard that one about how parents think like you're too okay to me it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. but um (laughs) yeah i guess knowing stuff about like just in general like being able to be like is this valid are my um like feelings valid or like distinguishing between like um friends versus like how i felt about this or like Oh, is it something you should have always known or like all those stuff, I guess, yeah. are things I would have wanted to know about. Mm. Yeah. Things we wish you could have talked about. Hmm. I mean, lucky for me, I guess I've always been had friends that I could talk about yeah. it with. And in terms of the age thing, like I 
knew that I was part of the LGBT plus community when I was 13. And to me, that felt old enough. Mm. I think when you know, you're old enough. Yeah. I don't... I mean, I, don't know. I think it doesn't matter. Like, it just doesn't really matter, like, whether or not, like, you change your mind or, like, whatever. Yeah. It's not, like, an all-consuming, defining thing. Yeah. I think, like, um, I mean, I don't remember much of what happened a few years back now. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things was, like, so what label do I use? You know, because I was mm. just, like, none of them kind of felt right. And not kind of knowing what labels there were or like all the labels like it was just a bit or like if you could use labels like that it was just a big mess but like like I couldn't talk to friends like that because like none of my friends could relate yeah they wouldn't even know what I was talking about so I was like so I kind of just figured all that stuff on my own that's why the online space was Mm -hmm. a big one for me because that was like the only place I could find information so yeah like even if you have like supportive friends if they're straight it's difficult for them to like help in that way because because they they just don't know (laughs) like yeah yeah, so the most important i guess reason Mm. why we would need um such safe spaces is just because of the prejudice that exists right definitely in other parts of like i would say like certain parts of america it's very vocal to be lgbt in other parts and definitely in australia not as much i guess the story i found was about this family that moved their transgender daughter, like they moved to another part of America, right? And their transgender daughter like faced um, an increase in ignorant comments about like just her clothes, um, they're like being called like bad words, um, being mocked when um, she tried to use the restroom. And so a TSA was formed in this school for this reason, right? Um, this story talked about how like even though she didn't necessarily go, right? Um, the fact of having that group there to represent her made her feel like she could have some sort of voice belonging community mm. if she um, needed it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yes. Yeah. So I guess my question would be if you guys have ever faced any harassment from those around you or like when you felt ashamed or invalidated in your identity, like what did you do? Where you would turn to, right? You would just... Yeah within yourself and like hide online (laughs) (laughs) um no i mean harassment haven't faced so much of that i don't think other than like in passing you know Mm. or like some things that your a family member would say yeah that's a bit insensitive or like looks or like people just staring at you in public yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it's just like more covert like underground kind of passive I think the only direct, well, it wasn't direct to me, but it was just like in general, this girl like came up and started spewing all this like vile stuff about um, like LGBT people. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked at such a overt display yeah. of um, hatred, yeah. but it exists. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was the only real harassment I guess I've seen of yeah. LGBT people. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've ever because like no one can tell. Like, yeah. just by looking at me, whether I'm gay or not. So, mm-hmm. like, I didn't think I've faced any harassment, really. Like, but I don't really notice when people say yeah. either. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah, I know you don't. You're on the train with person you have dated in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and um, like, people, people tell me that they're, like, people stare at me and things. But I yeah, there was a lot of talking Bro, about, <laughs> like, yeah. that yeah. situation in general. Like, yeah, because... Yeah. Um, I think I said this in a previous episode, but I was in a very openly gay relationship when yeah. I was in high school. And 
I don't know. I, people didn't like it, I guess. I didn't realize. Yeah, uh, yeah until, until the school t- called me up and I got called to like some person's office and they were like, stop being so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, she was really nice about it. She was like, do you know that there are um, support systems that can help you, blah, blah, blah. And it was out of, like, concern. Because, yeah, like, definitely. They yeah. don't want us to be outed to, like, to our parents and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never really felt attacked <laughs> yeah. in that way. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I remember on the train, because I could, like, you were standing facing the other way, and I yeah. could see the person, like, sitting on a seat, like, <laughs> opposite, and I was, yeah. like, shooting daggers at them. My <laughs> <laughs> eyes, I was, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only time that I felt um, a member of the public staring is when you and I were in Halloween costumes on the train. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's, like, I look so good right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah that nah. was- I feel, like, I feel like those things definitely happened a lot to Sonia. You just didn't notice. Because I noticed them, right, when yeah, it happened. But I didn't I feel like everyone yeah. around you noticed. Everyone yeah. around until, you until, until, like, oblivious. Like, you guys told me and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> also, we also need spaces or, like, just open conversation. Because LGBT plus people feel invisible in STEM fields. And because sexual and gender identity are not common topics of conversation in STEM workplaces. I mean, as if we'd know, but... Um, <laughs> yes, from, from that I've, workplace yeah. I have experienced <laughs> yes, my 10 years in the workforce. <laughs> um, scientists from gender and sexual minorities argue that they should be having open conversations yeah. because hiding identities may have quite disastrous consequences. And that leads us back to mental health and the physical well-being of LGBTQ people. And yeah, we have more on this topic in season one in yeah. our second episode yeah. yeah lgbt representation in stem yeah so yeah. if you are interested in checking out this topic more go and have a listen to that episode but for now back to talking about safe spaces i feel like starting this podcast was quite a big thing for me because like the online space was my space where i came to yeah. when i needed information so starting something like this was really big in like kind of acknowledging that fact that people do come online and a lot of people still do get the information online yeah so just like having a space where there is representation in fields such as stem where there is a lack of representation is quite nice yeah because i feel like when we were starting out this podcast it's like we couldn't really find anything like this yeah so Mm. that was a bit lacking there was a gap and we yeah, filled that we gap <laughs> yeah. yeah so we kind of want to make it a bit more interactive i don't know how but eventually yeah. i don't know we'll figure something out yeah. but it's it's a spa- it's a space it's quite new still <laughs> and we'll develop it i yeah. guess so yeah yeah and like with this episode i guess the main takeaway is if you don't have a space safe space you should find one <laughs> be, be it online or in person although in person is quite difficult nowadays but yeah just like find your gang and like that will help a lot because it's helped like all of us that's true and it takes time to find your gang and if you're in the position to make a safe space like you should do that too yeah if you have the power to definitely start a gsa yeah if you can start a gsa start a youtube channel i don't know start a tiktok (laughs) tiktok yeah and i guess like the main focus is just to know that you are not alone and if you you should look for a safe space if you can yeah and there are always safe spaces for you and i'm pretty sure like 
LGBT plus individuals have quite diverse interests. So there's always like a safe space for everyone. So don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or any comments. Check out our new website, sciencequeries.com, for show notes, sources and further reading on this topic. We are SciQueries Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok, so you can chat with us there and... You can email us with any comments, concerns or queries at sciencequeriespod at gmail.com as well. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time on Science Queries. Yeah, that was...